Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a one-with-one horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG-loving friend. If you like what you've been hearing so far, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite podcatcher. It really helps other people find us. If you have a question, want to recommend a game, be a guest, or just say hi, you can reach me at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com or on Twitter at notalone underscore horror. I would love to hear from you. Keep your eyes on Twitter because I have a couple big announcements coming up soon. Last episode, we started Long Haul 1983 by Sean Patrick Kane. Long Haul 1983 is a really awesome solo journaling game about being a long-haul trucker in 1983, after everyone else on Earth has disappeared. You are trying to get your big rig to some distant place to find the one person you need to see and see if they're still alive. Sean, the creator, is facilitating the game for me as we play through it. Last session, we met Chris, a truck driver who was on his way to Montana to see his father. Chris's relationship with his father wasn't great, and they haven't spoken since Chris decided not to follow in his father's footsteps and become a pastor. Before Chris left, his father told him that the world would break him, and Chris needs to get home to let his father know that that is not true. Chris has been through literal ash and fire. He has seen burning animals that should be dead but somehow aren't in a graveyard of cars full of burnt husks. Chris doesn't know what's happening, but he does know he needs to drive. This episode features themes of isolation, and though not directly related to the pandemic, is inspired by the pandemic. If that is troubling for you, please be careful when you proceed. So with all that out of the way, let's continue the journey. We see you wake up the next morning on the mattress and that phrase hot as hell keeps kind of echoing and ringing around the cab of yours as you scrape the gunk out of your eye and look out the windshield. Because we drew a road card yesterday, you're in a new environment, no longer overwhelmed by dust and ash. Looking out the windshield, what do you see now? The first thing I notice is is that all of that dust and ash is gone. And it seems almost clear until I, I realize that like it's been kind of just replaced with debris because it is windy as shit out there. And so like I think at this moment, like nothing big is flying, but like leaves and like small sticks and all sorts of stuff like that are just flying around, flying across the road, gathering in like those little like mini cyclones um, before kind of clattering off the side of the road. Yeah. As you slide the keys of the ignition, you think to yourself about when you first took this job, right? You would be going down certain stretches of certain highways at certain high speeds and you would hear a sound from the wind resistance that sounded so much like a howl. You thought to yourself, Oh, that's what they mean by the wind howling. And you immediately recognize that sound coming from outside your cab, just from the wind itself, that high pitched kind of drony screechy scream of really intense wind. That's kind of clipping through everything. Go ahead and start your engine. All right. Oh, that's a negative one. You hear the, for the first time, 
the engine kind of grinds and fails to turn over. What do you think to yourself? I think that my immediate fear is that driving over that debris Mm -hmm. last night, like I, I felt like I did a good job of avoiding everything, but like the immediate thought is like, fuck, there must be like a hose or something. Yeah. That got cut. You got nothing to do, but try to turn those keys again. All right. That is a better one. That is a plus two. And the engine starts and you breathe relief and you pull out this morning as you're driving, the wind is really making your drive shitty, right? Like you need to be white knuckling that steering wheel just to kind of keep your rig on the road as the wind kind of pelts and pushes it to the side and drifts back and forth. And with that tension, in your body you start noticing that something just feels off. Mm. The prompt is going to give you a choice of six body parts. What I need to do is pick one and describe it in detail. Your choices are your fingernails, your tongue, your ankles, your armpits, your jaw, or your knees. I think it is my fingernails. Yeah. And I think there's like an itching, almost burning sensation that I feel at some point. And when I look at them, I realize that after moving that deer off the road yesterday, I never washed my hands. Ugh. And I see that there is this like charred flesh stuck under my fingernails. And for some reason, like it, it shouldn't be, but it feels like the tips of my fingers are like on fire. Like they are burning. How do you react? I think. I probably do a real dangerous, like pull to the side of the road and stop and try to find some water or something to like wash my hands and see if I can stop this burning sensation. Yeah. And you find water easily enough. And, you know, that dirt and gunk does come off, but that sensation lingers. And frankly, I don't know if you're even sure whether it's just like that memory of the realization that's screwing with you or if there's something in that skin that wasn't there yesterday. As you sit there kind of struggling to scrub, your eyes catch the horizon. And once again, you watch these distant fires as they grow and shrink what do you think started them those fires i think and i mean i've i've entertained the notion of the rapture and hell and all of that but i mean 
it's a fire. Fires like this. I mean, like 90% of the time it's assholes who have gone camping and, you know, don't take proper care of their campfire or decide to get drunk and light off fireworks or something like that. And I don't know about why there's no people, but the fires, it's got to be like a forest fire kind of scenario. Makes enough sense. But is there something in the back of your mind that's telling you that might not be true? I think, I mean, I think secretly I know it's not true. Um, But in order to keep myself going, like I am forcing myself, like it was just an asshole camper. Cause if it wasn't, then nothing is okay. <laughs> and that hope slash dread kind of sits with you as you make your way back on the road. The sun is high and the wind hasn't stopped. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I drew a card that again is, Incredibly serendipitous and not great news. I'll read it straight. A wound has now become infected. How bad is it? Make a body roll. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it it checks out, I guess. <laughs> it certainly does. I can't fault the deck for that draw. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I think that Whatever this is, it is some kind of ruptured organ. I, I, I'm kind of imagining it's the appendix. Yeah. Just because that's kind of the most common one. But I also don't think that I know enough about medicine to know for sure. I just know that something in there has, has ruptured or exploded. Uh, and it's real bad. Uh, and the dice agree because that right there is a negative one. Okay. Our first failed roll. So that means that you're going to remove one die permanently from your pool, mm-hmm. leaving you with three. Now, right now on your player sheet, um, you still have enough to fill every box when you roll. But just so you know, if you lose another one and are left with two, then any empty boxes automatically count as a negative die. Great. (laughs) That was our third card. We did draw a road card. So if you wanted to stop for the day, you will move to the next location tomorrow. How do you feel? Do you want to stop? I, yeah, I need to stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's, these days are not getting easier for you. They're not. And this is kind of the first day where I couldn't just like hand wave away the pain in my stomach. Yeah. When you get out of the cab to make the call, this time that wind is just kind of pushing against you with such force. It almost reminds you of that hoof you took in the gut yesterday. It's that strong. It's hard to get into the booth of the payphone and close that door. But as soon as you do, all that screeching turns to a low hum and you're left in quiet to make that call home. (coughs) 
Hey, Pops. It's me again. Um, something, something's wrong, and I don't know what it is, but there is a fire in my guts, and it's, it's getting worse, and I don't know what that means for this drive, but I'm going to keep going as long as I can. Yesterday, the day before, looked so good. The road was at least metaphorically clear. But now it's full of shit. I don't... I don't know what else to say. Um... Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Bye, Pops. Awesome. So, once again, you made good progress on the road the previous day. So, in the morning, when you wake up, the environment has changed. What does it look like now? So, the first thing that is noticeable, I think, even before I, like, get out of bed, is the sound and there is just this heavy almost explosive sound of torrential rain coming down on the roof of my cab and it almost with like how thick the metal is and how heavy the rain is i feel like it almost sounds like like rapid fire gunshots uh, and I pull myself out of bed and the world is pain. Yeah. But I managed to get myself into the driver's seat and it is just gray and washed out with rain outside. How's the cross on the hood doing in this rain? I think it had enough time to set that it's not like gone, but I do think it's starting to run a little bit. Yeah. And I think from your perspective, since it's kind of inverted from the driver's seat, the paint is running up that inverted cross, if that visual makes it all sense. So among that fierce rain, you slide your keys in and start the engine for another day. Go to make that roll. That is at least one small mercy. It is a two. And the car starts right away and you feel that mercy kind of wash over you and think that maybe this is going to be a smooth day. You hit the road and the days are really taking a toll. And you are once again, just overwhelmed by your solitude. As you drive past mile marker and mile marker, you begin to let your mind drift and start fantasizing about a passenger seated next to you as you drive. Maybe they're quiet for a while, just staring at the window, but eventually you get to the point where you don't just imagine their presence. You imagine a conversation between the two of you. Tell us what that conversation sounds like. I think with everything that's happened so far, I think it's Johnny Cash. (laughs) 
Uh, I feel like it has to be Johnny Cash. Uh, sitting in the passenger seat. And I, like, I think it starts with him just, you know, in that deep gravelly growl, like hell of a storm out there. And, uh, and I think it's the conversation. It's the type of conversation that like the first little bit of it is that kind of conversation that like you see between like two elderly men (laughs) who have known each other most of their lives where like 90% of the conversation is silent. And like the parts of it that aren't are very much like kind of just casual, like, you know, hell of a storm out there. Uh, why yes, Mr. Cash it is. And, uh, and so I think a lot of it is kind of very, very, or at least the beginning of it starts out very kind of dull and casual, but friendly. Where does it go? I think there's a moment where Johnny Cash like looks out at the rain and sees like the sides of the road kind of starting to flood and uh, like just all of this water pulling up. And he asks a question that kind of takes me aback first because I don't quite fully understand it. And then because there's kind of a pro a profoundness to it. Uh, he asks, uh, are you going to be more like Noah or Jonah? And when it's obvious, I don't understand. <laughs> he says, there's two ways to get through a flood on top. Or in the belly of a beast. And then he's gone. And almost at that moment, your eyes kind of shift focus back onto the road and you grab that steering wheel hard as you nearly collide with an animal as it dashes into the path of your rig. It's another deer. This one much more active but equally distorted as the one you encountered on the roadside a day or two ago. You regain focus. You watch it disappear down a hill. What's going through your mind at the moment? With the rain and the, I mean, obviously totally real conversation I just had with Johnny Cash. Of course. I think my first thought is like it is good i hope this flood drowns fucking everything like it just it all needs to go yeah and that rain keeps coming mile after mile you keep driving you keep thinking about that flood and you find that 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 vision of that flood somehow kind of asserts itself in your energy. You're a little more focused. You're a little more alert. You feel like the day is just moving a little bit faster. And you catch something in your rearview mirror. You see those glaring white headlights from that first night before everything went to shit. 
and suddenly you are in full fight or flight mode. This is your first official encounter with the threat. There was a card that came up before I used your get out of jail free card. We shuffled it back up, but now it's here. All right. So what you need to do is first on your player sheet, advance the threat. Another way the game ends is if the threat catches up to you by filling up that bar, then your journey's over. And after you do that, I'd like you to paint a picture and describe your escape attempt. How do you try to get away from these headlights in your rearview mirror? And what happens? Okay. Let me see. I think I see those lights and they're so bright. And like with the distortion of this heavy rain coming down, it almost looks like the air itself is on fire. And I see up ahead, and we're still maybe like half a mile off or something, there is a uh, the exit for like a, a rest stop for like both uh, commercial and non-commercial use. So like the type of rest stop that's got a couple restaurants and has like one gas station for regular cars, but then has an area for big rigs. Exactly. Kind of split up picnic tables in the middle. Yeah. And I am thinking my plan is going to be to like at just like the last minute in hopes that whatever is following me won't have like enough time to react. I'm going to try to like at the very last minute pull off into that rest stop. Yeah. And take essentially the U-turn and get back on the road going in the opposite direction. You make this plan and as you think it through and prep yourself for that really hard turn, you can see in the rearview mirror that the lights are getting brighter and larger. And that must mean they're getting closer. But that thick sheet of rain that's just covering every bit of you you can't see anything but those lights. You don't see what they're attached to. You can't make out a driver. The lights themselves blinding you through the rain are all you can see. And then you make that turn. So go ahead and make a rig roll. And let's see how the condition of your vehicle deals with this. All right. She is a fairly... Good rig. Mm hmm. And that is a zero. You do it. Describe that close call for us, though. I think, I mean, especially because it is barely a success. <laughs> um, I think I'm not even certain I'm going to be able to pull it off. And like, I'm talking like I wait until I'm actually like maybe a couple feet past the exit. And swing over, so I have to like go up a little bit of like dirt and grass and jump up onto the the exit ramp for this rest stop. And I think like after the jump, I lose control of the rig for a second. Yeah. And I am just fishtailing it. Uh, but I managed to get her straightened out 
hit the U-turn as hard and fast as I can uh, and come out going the opposite direction before the whatever was following me has any idea what happened. I can imagine that with all that chaos, it's really hard to focus on anything but the control of your own vehicle. But let's imagine that as you successfully maneuver, you catch just a glimpse of something more than just the lights coming from that threat. Maybe it's a quick snapshot of something those lights are attached to. Maybe it's more of like an a sound or something. But you get just a bit more. Okay. Uh, I think as I like jump up onto that exit ramp, uh, and we're going pretty fast down that road, but I catch a glimpse as it blows past. And it is, it is another big rig, but it is, it, it seems gigantic compared to my rig. And it is just pure black, like black metal cab, black truck, yeah. black tires with black hubcaps, tinted windows, just a giant rig that looks like it's straight out of hell. I'm sure it's a little hard to tell from that glimpse, but when you say giant, give us a sense of scale there. I mean, I don't like, I don't think it's like comically big, (laughs) uh, but I think it is probably like one and a half times the size of my rig. Yeah. Which is not small to begin with. Yeah, everything about it is just kind of bigger. You know, it's like when you see like a, a normal sized truck and then you <laughs> see like the like Ford F F350 special edition. Yeah. That's just a little bit more truck in every dimension. Yeah, the 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 driver splurge for the rolling coal feature set and it's just kind of that monster kind of thing. Yeah. And I I like to think that as you glimpse this, you see not just the scale of its size, but also like its energy, its speed, the noise of its engine. Everything is that kind of larger than it should be scale. Everything feels a bit overwhelming. And then it clears off and disappears into the rain. Now you find yourself at a truck stop. We've dealt three cards. One of them was a road card. But you get the sense that the day may or may not be done for you. What would you like to do next? I think, again, I want to put, like, it's been a tough day. And, like, the pain is still there. It hasn't gotten worse, at least. Yeah. But I think after that run-in, I want to put at least a little bit more road Particularly because, like, I turned around and I'm going a different route now, so I need to kind of figure out the best way to continue going where I need to go. Absolutely. Uh, And I think that that starts with me just putting a little bit more road under me. As you keep driving down a new route, getting your sense of it, you find yourself at some kind of of border crossing 
my first question to you is what actual infrastructure do you see as you make your way through this space? So I think, I mean, I think it makes the most sense that it's probably like a, a state line crossing. Yeah. And so I think there's like a way station there um, because whatever state I'm traveling into cares a little bit more about their roads than whatever state I'm leaving. Sure. So they have more strict, uh, more strict laws about like weights of trucks. So they have a way station there. There's like a little stop off with a, with a restaurant or two, a little like welcome center. I think that's probably about it. Like because it's a state crossing, there's not like a huge, huge to do. Yeah. But like the way station is the thing that I'm most aware of because like, you know, I'm a truck driver. I I have to stop at way stations occasionally. Yeah. How does it feel to blast right through it? It feels weird. And I think that there's like a moment where I actually start to slow down and like maybe even change lanes because like, it's a way station. I have to stop. And then I'm like, wait, like no one's going to be there. Yeah. And so I speed back up and like, it just feels wrong. Not necessarily. I've, I've experienced some real wrong in the last couple of days. So like, it's not the most wrong, but it feels <laughs> like, you know, like swiping a cookie when your mom told you not to. Yeah. And and that 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 habit that you have, right? Yeah. Understanding the routine that suddenly is broken, right? We see your truck kind of barrel through. The rain is only getting heavier. Maybe there's like a blinking stop sign with the power still on that we see you just blast past and coat with a splash, right? And you keep on going past that empty rest station that you turned around and past this empty way station past these kinds of empty man-made structures that still kind of feel just a little haunted with like the legacies of people who you know were there just a few days ago do you want to stay on the road or do you want to stop for the day i think that's where i'm where i would stop I think that reminder of the emptiness of the world is enough to like soak the adrenaline that was pumping after encountering the threat. Yeah. That like now I'm starting to feel it. So once again, as we've seen evening after evening, you pull into some empty lot. You walk to some empty phone booth. Maybe this one is one that actually has one of those little benches that allows you to kind of sit or at least squat as you make your call. Maybe that's a relief to you as you pick up the phone and put in your coin and dial. Whenever you're ready, you can make your call. Hey, Pops. It's me again. Uh, if you got my last message, I'm sorry if it scared you. Um, I'm still not great, but it's not the pain's not getting worse. So I think that's that's at least something. But uh, 
there's a flood coming. I can just feel it. It's been raining all day, and it's been that that biblical kind of rain. And it's funny, like, I think back to Sunday school and learning about the flood, and the flood having been about God being angry and wanting to wipe everything off the planet, but, like, seems like he might be a couple days late this time around. But I've seen some weird shit, and so I think it might more just be nature trying to retake what it what it's owed but who who the hell knows i don't i don't know it's scary though and i saw those lights again and i saw a big black truck that could have been out of like a charlie daniels song or something or a meatloaf song truck out of hell i don't know but it was terrifying but I outran it you uh you taught me when we were working on the farm that if you take care of your tools your tools will take care of you and I've taken you know very good care of my truck and it is taking care of me although my guts still don't feel right and I've I've made jokes about dying at the wheel of this truck in this truck being my coffin and it feels like those might not be jokes anymore but I'm going to keep going and I'm going to try to get there come hell or high water uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon pops bye We see you tuck yourself into that coil spring mattress you keep in the back of your cab as the rain just continues to hammer the top of your rig, the windshield, the spray painted cross, the roadways, the payphone booth. And as we drift into sleep and fade into black, we hear the strum of Johnny Cash's guitar, maybe just tuning up. We hear his voice from the conversation about Jonah or Noah. We hear him inhale as if he's about to sing, and then it's the morning and you're awake. And you look out and sure shit, you see the beginnings of a flood. The gaps between the roads and the sidewalks, the curbs, there's no definition. It's just water. You can see the tips of grass where grass is planted next to the sidewalks, but it's just kind of swimming in blue and brown. Just the tips of the blades kind of floating and swaying. You can see kind of waves and ripples moving across the concrete and asphalt. There is just a skin of water everywhere. What are you thinking as you wake up? I think the first thing that crosses my mind is, uh, well, shit, it looks like the creek rose. <laughs> uh, and then I'm thinking, like, logistics, like, does it look like it is still shallow enough that I could drive? And how to best get the fuck out of here before uh, before that is no longer the case? 
Yeah. You take a look at the tires and you can see the water inching up on them, but it doesn't fill you with an immediate sense of you can't go anywhere. In fact, it's probably you got to go somewhere right now. So why don't you start your engine? All right. Come on. That is a plus one. It starts. At least my engine's not failing me. Thank goodness. Mostly. And you pull on out. As you pull on out, though, as you drift kind of past the infrastructure where you camped out for the night, your eye catches that payphone booth that you were squatting in just a couple hours ago. And something has been left either in it or on it. And the moment your eye catches it, you understand that what you're looking at is evidence of the threat's presence. Mm. It's getting closer and you're going to advance the threat again. And as we pull into the highway, I'd like you to say, what did you see? Mm. So let me ask you this as a, as a question about how you envision this problem. Of course. Do, do you feel like this was more something the threat left for me to see or something that got inadvertently left behind? That's an excellent question. Um, my gut is telling me that it was intentional. Now, I guess the question would be, and this gets a little kind of meta story, is it something that you failed to notice last night when you made the call? Or is it something new that you know for sure? I think, I think it's something new. I think it's something that I would never have missed. Yeah. I'm going to bring in some like 80s nostalgia here. Do it. I think it is uh, a, a Hess truck, <laughs> which for for listeners who are not around in the 80s, Hess, the gas station, which is still in existence in a few places, used to sell like little, little-ish, like not quite matchbox car, but like small replica like big rig trucks and they always had like a holiday line, but you could buy them in the gas station. And I think that it is like a Hess truck that has been painted to look exactly like my rig. Oh, love that. I'm assuming that includes the spray paint. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, uh, the cross. I love that. I, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe the cross is in the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, so that it looks inverted from the front of the truck and like a regular cross from whoever would be sitting in the cab. Mm-hmm. That's not the best omen to start your day and your drive. And as you make your way a lot slower than you want to through this kind of thick kind of blanket of water, that kind of coats every highway you're running around, you start 
feeling ill. But it's not from your gut. And it's not from those fingertips. There's like a long dormant chronic injury that you have. Something that hasn't bothered you in a long while that's flaring up. I'd like you to tell us what is that injury. Describe your discomfort. And then when you're ready, make a body roll. See how bad this is going to hurt. Okay. So I like the idea that maybe it's not... The injury itself is not like a massively serendipitous injury or an Mm -hmm. injury of like omen or portent. It was just that when I was a kid, I tried to climb a tree. I fell and I broke my arm. And I think it was the middle of summer. So like it was a miserable second half of the summer where I had to be in a sling the whole summer. And it just sucked. And like. I think maybe the way in which maybe it is a little bit serendipitous is like, because I couldn't really go out and play, there was a certain loneliness that came with that second half of summer. Cause like it was summer. None of my friends wanted to come and like hang out in my house and play board games. Like they all wanted to be out running around. And so like, I didn't see much of like my friends that summer. And there was a, a loneliness like the scale net right now, present day 1983 is obviously bigger, but there's an echo. But now all of a sudden that pain in my arm where the bone set is aching again. Yeah. All right. Let's see how this goes. Oh, that's not great. That is a negative one. It's getting worse fast, right? And that ache that you sit with and try to push off is just getting worse. And you glance at your arm and suddenly it's not just kind of that dull memory ache of that long ago broken arm. You can see something when you look at that arm. What do you see? I think I see the like place in my skin where the break is like pressing up against the skin from the inside. Yeah. And there's like a a jagged bit of bone that like it's not exposed. The skin didn't break. But the skin maybe is like discolored a little with the stretching of it and the pressure from underneath. Yeah. And I can see just like the edge of that bone sticking out against the skin. You have no choice but to drive. And we see you through overpasses and stretches of winding hills, navigating around switchbacks as the water just continues to pool and coast and kind of shift along the road surface. And later in the afternoon... You get to this moment where suddenly things seem just a little quiet. Maybe the the light from the sky hits that water in the roadway just so, or maybe it's something that you're able to kind of center yourself with. But suddenly that those floodwaters, they bring with them an unexpected moment of peace for you. Despite all the shit that's happened this morning. 
what what beauty do you see on the other side of the windshield? What brings you this brief solace? It is like a particularly bright rainbow. And I think there's just something about, you know, I I don't think I've really thought about religion in years, really, like since I left home. Yeah. But like everything that's happened in the last couple of days and the fact that it's just been on my mind more, there's something particularly calming about the idea of a rainbow appearing amidst all of this. You feel yourself wanting to grab on to that moment, but as, as you try to grab onto it, the reality of where you are, that sense of isolation, the precarity of the roadways you're driving, the aches that are now feel stretching across limbs and in the core of you, you find yourself wondering whether you want to stop driving for the day or keep going. We've pulled two road cards. So if you choose to stop, we'll be able to advance to the next location, but you can really do what's true to you in the story. Yeah, I think I think I want to take at least one more one more card. Mm-hmm. Cuz I think at this point like between the pain in my gut and the pain in my arm and like the memory of the pain in my fingertips, like I think focusing on the road is all I have. Um, like I know there is enough pain at this point that like the likelihood of me getting any sleep or at least any decent sleep is just, it's gone. Yeah. And from a gameplay perspective, pressing your luck does mean you might have a chance of pulling a card that actually allows you to advance one of those stats which would be really helpful with just two dice left in your pool. It would be very good with the two dice that I have sitting in front of me uh, to get mind or body particularly advanced (laughs) so that I'm not just on a negative one. So you keep driving and you feel something deep within you, maybe a pulsating or a pounding or a throbbing. And somehow you understand the sensation to mean that the threat is close by. You don't see the lights. You don't hear the engine. You don't see that monstrous truck, but your body is telling you that it's near. What led you to this interpretation? How do you know with such certainty that the threat is close by? That is a very good question. So I think the pain that I feel that like alerts me is there is like a very sudden flare up of the pain in my fingertips. Yeah. Uh, The pain that was caused by coming into contact with those animals that are wrong in some way. And I think like it's in that moment that like, I don't know how they're connected, but I just know like on a visceral gut level that there is some connection between whatever is driving that truck and why these animals are wrong 
and like having been in contact with that wrongness has given me some kind of like connection to know its presence is near. Does it feel like a connection or something else? I think it might almost feel more like a disease or an infection. Like I got some of that wrongness on me. Yeah. And so like there is a connection, but it's not a connection that I should have. It's a connection because I have some of this wrongness on my person. Maybe we even catch you kind of pressing your fingertips together as if to kind of rub off the grime that we know is already long washed off as that throbbing kind of communicates to you and you press the pedal down and we hear the engine pick up and roar a little louder as you press on. It's later in the day. Uh, did that, did that advance, uh, advance the threat? No. So, uh, okay. There are some cards where you get to just kind of establish a little more truth around the threat. Okay. But you don't necessarily get pursued and that would be one of those. So you're, you're good right now. So the day's getting later. The sky's getting darker. Yeah. I, your thoughts are going back to that Hess truck that started your day. What do you want to do now? Oh, I think I want to draw one more card because I think just from like a distance perspective, yeah, I don't want to stop if I think that whatever that truck is, is nearby somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) And we just drew one of my favorite cards in the whole game. And it's good news. (laughs) It's good news. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like, yeah, I I understand how that could, that's a very loaded thing to say in a game that is bleak. So out of nowhere, your rigs tape player pops into life and you hear the voices of the staple singers and they are singing a song and the music washes over you and you find yourself suddenly with a lightning bolt focus attached to the words they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise they tell me of an uncloudy day. And this immediately brings to mind a moment of peace from a long time ago. What do you remember? So I think I think my father tended to like the like slightly more gruesome hymns, like the the and the old rugged cross is arguably a uh a, a hopeful hymn, but it has a little bit of, a little bit of blood to it. Sure. And I think like those are the types of hymns that my father liked, but I think my mother really loved the kind of happier hymns. And I kind of realized that like, that is probably why those words were rolling around my head when this all began. But I think back to, I don't even think like the events of it are particularly like massive, but I just remember like a really good 
day from my childhood. And I think maybe I spent the day like helping my mom do some cooking. So like maybe it was right before a holiday and we were preparing and we were like making pies and we were, we were making all sorts of sides for, for whatever kind of event we were doing the next day, whatever holiday was coming up. Yeah. And I remember her just kind of floating around the kitchen singing that song. I love that. Can I, can I throw something in? Oh, sure. I wonder if maybe the holiday is a Labor Day, kind of like picnic, maybe something with the Father's Church. And maybe this is the summer where you broke your arm. And so it was a summer where you had to spend a lot of time with your mom, getting to know her and kind of seeing her mannerisms in a different light than you normally focused on. Yeah, I love that. So that allows you to advance the mind stat, which means that from here on out, your roles for that specific kind of challenge are going to get a little easier to pass. Good. (laughs) It's a relief. I like it. (laughs) Are you going to end your day now? I think so. I think with that piece, it feels right to like, hope that that I can carry that into going to sleep and maybe actually getting a little bit of sleep. Yeah. And maybe that phone call tonight is aimed at both the parents, right? Maybe there's something you want to send to your mom as well. So whenever you're ready, you can make that call. Hey, Hey pops, if, if if you're listening to this, can you uh, can you go get mom? This is kind of this is. I mean, you're. I'm not. It's your house. I'm not going to tell you to leave the room, but this isn't really for you. Um, it's been a hell of a couple of days. Uh, oh, sorry, mom. I, it's been a heck of a couple of days. I know you never, never liked it when I swore. Uh, it has been very cloudy. Uh, it, it went from fog to ash to rain, uh, to a, to a, just a full on flood. And there have been a lot of clouds, but I know that there's going to be an unclouded day soon. And I don't know if you're still there. And I don't know if I'm going to make it to you because I am in pretty bad shape. But I'm getting closer and I'm going to try to get there. And I hope to God that you're there. But if I don't, and you hear this, I love you. Goodbye. Thank you to Sean for designing such a cool game and agreeing to facilitate it for me on the podcast. And thank you to you for listening. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it.
Join us on August 12th for the last part of Long Haul 1983 with Sean Patrick Kane. And until then, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful. And you are not alone. Cry.